Uh, good morning, everyone. Uh, thanks for joining today's call. Uh, this is our third call in the in the second uh, uh, Today we have Mr. Sadar Sayyid, who is CEO of Mufus Microfin, uh, with us uh, to discuss key trends in the microfinance sector. Mr. Sayyid is uh, the Chief Executive Officer of Mufus Microfin Limited. Uh, he has over 18 years of experience in banking and financial services industry. He has worked with organizations such as HDFC Bank, GE Money, and Spondana Spurti Financial Limited in credit and risk management functions. Prior to joining Muthut, he was head internal audit and risk with second credit here. Sadhaspur so has hands-on experience in policy making, credit administration, operations, and risk management with expertise in detail lending business and core com- competence in unsecured small and large loans. He has rich and extensive knowledge in various financial and accounting matters, including financial management. He has been associated with Mutut Protection Group Microfinance business, business since its inception in 2010. Sadaf holds MBA in Finance and Marketing from Guru Gobind Singh Enterprise University. Sadaf is one of the founding members of Kerala Association of Microfinance Institutions. He was also the committee member of Credit Bureau Task Force of MFIN and presently a member of External Engagement Task Force of SRO. Uh, so he, he has been a uh, recent microfinance uh, industry uh, from its inception, uh, largely from the inception in India. Uh, we have uh, three major areas of discussion which uh, we would like to touch upon uh, with him. So, sir, uh, welcome to our call, sir. Uh, yeah, thank you. Thank you, Nadeem. Uh, firstly, uh, on the collection trends, uh, which is a key number that uh, we are tracking, how are you seeing collection trends in the month of April, May, and June? Uh, and have you seen any disparity between geography or customer segments uh, in terms of uh, customer uh, in, in terms of collection trends in microfinance? No, first of all, thank you very much for inviting me for this call. Uh, good morning to everyone who's listening. Uh, good morning to you as well. Uh, I think great uh, uh, of you to kind of conduct this series in this environment because this uh, needs to be kind of discussed elaborately because moratorium and the current scenario is throwing a lot of questions uh, in the business and in the environment. But uh, coming back to your question, uh, uh, the collection trends, as you would know, uh, uh, after the moratorium and uh, during the lockdown, there was uh, absolutely no collection. But uh, this, the recently, we are seeing very positive trends. Uh, in the month of April, uh, because most of the April was under the lockdown, and uh, up till uh, 21st of April, even the essential services were uh, only allowed to work. And, uh, after the essential services circular included NBFC NFIs into it, and the collection process started. Uh, in that month, uh, however, the collection for the industry was one or two percent only because it was very limited areas in that uh, geography. There was no collection quarantine areas, so most of the NFIs were not working. But since then, I think the progression has been very, very positive. In the month of May, the industry recorded uh, collection between 15% to 20%. Uh, ourselves were now uh, 16% collection. Uh, and in, subsequently in the month of uh, June, we have seen even better trend. Uh, our collection ratio and the industry collection ratio over the period of time has been uh, 50% of the due amount. So it's progressively moving forward. Uh, during April period, mostly the collection was uh, through calling the customer and asking them to utilize the digital modes of uh, payment. But in uh, May and June, we have been able to establish contacts, uh, convince the customer, and the customers are coming forward to pay. So these are positive trends. Uh, I think uh, the biggest tipping point was the end of first moratorium period. So the first moratorium period got over at the end of May. From first of June, we have seen a real steep uh, uh, kind of spike in the collection percentages, and I think this will continue. Most of our borrowers are keen to borrow further and to kind of invest further in their business. So they are happy to kind of repay. Uh, in terms of geographies, uh, as you would know, the geographies where uh, there was less impact of Corona and uh, lockdown was less severe. Uh, they are performing better. So, 
but uh, largely those are usually homes, so that's why the percentages are also lower. But otherwise, I think if you look at uh, by and large, weekly, monthly homes are performing better, and ticket sales between 25 to 40 is where the collection is the maximum. Uh, that's pretty interesting that uh, monthly is gaining better than weekly uh, uh, because uh, the understanding normally is that weekly is a much more uh, efficient uh, collection methodology where the uh, initial burden on the customer is and he is able to pay something uh, uh, because of the low, low installment size. But uh, you are seeing that the monthly is behaving better than weekly. Yeah, it's slightly moderate, but again, uh, because of the time frame that is available uh, uh, in a month, 30 days is available for the field officer to collect an installment, they are able to manage and collect the installment convincing the customer to repay. But then in a week, only a week is available for the uh, kind of field officer, then the second week installment becomes oh, again due. So that's why I think we are seeing more of uh, efficiency in the monthly model. Sure, sure. And so you also mentioned that in terms of ticket size, the lower ticket size loans are uh, behaving worse than the middle ticket size uh, up to 40,000. Is that a right uh, statement? Or? Yeah, 40 to 40,000 uh, customers are typically uh, credit tested customers and they generally have uh, uh, multiple exposures, uh, and they, they would also have uh, the repeat cycle as in we would have given a loan, then they would have graduated to around 30,000 or 40,000. So the relationship is stronger. Uh, they want to continue and they have tasted a kind of a situation where they have progressed into a larger ticket size. That's why they are more confident that they will get more money from the financial institutions than they have been paying. Uh, people who are fresh into the cycle are generally in the lower ticket size. Uh, they are uh, the first time borrowers. Uh, so they are somehow uh, kind of trying to kind of uh, see the situation and save money and then repay. That is where it is. But uh, we have done extensive calling almost. We have 1.8 million customers. We have called all the customers. 90% uh, of our customers are willing to repay. 10% uh, of the customers are saying that uh, they want to see after moratorium what happens. So, I think uh, by and large, I think in the industry, seeing that the intention is definitely not the issue. It's only the availability and the ability of the person. So, availability in a sense that if the area is quarantined and there is no way to connect the customer and the customer is not tech-savvy and can't do UPI transfer or anything, then that's the challenge. Uh, but in terms of retention, uh, I by and large the intention of the customer is to retain. You also mentioned that the 85% of your customer has paid at least one installment uh, as of now. Uh, yeah, monthly segment. So our 60% uh, of the portfolio is in the monthly segment, or among them 85% of the borrower has paid at least one installment. Okay, okay. That's, that's great. That's great. Uh, and so moving to our second uh, uh, point, uh, uh, so, the customers who are not paying, uh, what are the reasons uh, uh, these customers are giving to you for uh, their inability to pay or you are not able to reach to those customers? Uh, and uh, more importantly, how are you differentiating between the intent of those customers versus inability to pay to those customers? Because uh, some of these customers may, may be paying to other MSIs and not, um, they not be able to pay to you. So how are you differentiating that uh, that dilemma? I think the uh, the, uh, the ability to pay and the uh, intention is very well established because uh, we have been in touch with the customers. So uh, most of the customers, as I said, ninety percent have said that they are willing to pay. So there is no question of intention. Uh, the uh, availability and the ability becomes uh, a situation where. As per the Government of India guidelines, certain areas are in zone classified, certain areas are quarantined. So in those areas, we are not able to go. So that and the customer is also not able to come outside and transact through a bank or something. So that is where the challenge is. But uh, certainly that does not indicate the intention of the borrower. The ability to repay are, uh, I think, largely as you rightly said, are people who are. Uh, who have either uh, urban kind of an household worker, so for example, some of our clients are housemates, 
some of them are vegetable vendors and stuff. So uh, they are in Chennai area or something like that, and there is a complete lockdown. So they are not able to kind of uh, pay, and they are not able to put their generate revenue. But they are not saying that they would not repay. They are just saying that they need time in terms of a moratorium, so which we are providing. Hundred percent of our borrower, we have given moratorium. Only people who are voluntarily deciding to repay, they are repaying. And correction, as I said, has already reached 50%, which is a very good sign that 50% of the borrowers are willing to repay and not availing moratoria. I think the greatest uh, thing is that the awareness among the customers is very high. And we have informed the customer very correctly that they have uh, the option of availing a moratorium. Uh, but obviously, moratorium comes with added interest. The borrower is more interested in taking more money and expanding her business or restarting her business than to pay uh, defer payments and pay more interest. So they are coming back and repaying. Uh, our interest in trend, what we have seen also, and this is across industry, it's not only microfinance industry, because people are staying home and because people are not venturing outside too much, the expenses of the borrower has also come down. So the any sort of unnecessary expenditure has reduced. So they have more disposable income available if their business is continuing uh, to repay the loans. And if you look at our customer profile, uh, 70% of our borrowers are engaged in either in agriculture, dairy business, uh, retail, kind of a kirana shop, or vegetable vending. So uh, these businesses were the least affected even during the lockdown period. And now they are completely back to their normal operations, except for the quarantine zone. So I think uh, that way, uh, things are slowly getting, slowly getting back to normal. Uh, the key impact uh, would also be uh, how the disbursement starts. So uh, since some of the NFIs have started disbursement, we have also started disbursement in a hybrid product. So uh, with that cash flow coming into the customer's uh, hand and they kind of investing that further into the business will definitely ease the situation and will facilitate uh, them in terms of repaying uh, loans. Uh, so uh, in terms of liquidity and disbursement, uh, how is the uh, situation with respect to liquidity? Because I think also disbursement is also very important. Uh, if we yes. completely stop disbursement, then uh, then borrowers uh, ability to pay and uh, their willingness to pay also get impacted. Uh, so, how do you see the liquidity environment uh, for yourself and generally for the industry? And uh, if you can share some trend for the disbursement uh, in, in the month of May, that would be uh, in the month of May and June, that would be very useful. Yeah. So, uh, in terms of liquidity, I think. Uh, as far as we are concerned, we are right now very comfortable situation. We uh, saw the uh, situation because the earlier trend was coming out from Kerala and we being a Kerala-based uh, entity, we knew that okay, uh, this uh, coronavirus is spreading and we last have also seen a similar Nipah virus situation. So we were a little bit more prepared and proactive. So we had borrowed uh, proactively a little bit more. We had done a little bit more direct assignment in the month of March. In fact, in the last uh, 15 days, we did around 400 crores of direct assignment. So at the end of March, we were uh, pretty well in terms of funds uh, availability. We were in a comfortable situation. We had around 1,050 crores of liquid funds available in the bank with us. Uh, which is good enough uh, for us for a quarter of uh, disbursements. Our uh, obligation in terms of repayment obligation was around 440 crores quarterly. And uh, so uh, that was good enough for six months of repayment and our expenditure. So liquidity in terms of uh, we were very comfortable. Uh, disbursement during the first quarter uh, as in uh, not much has happened. So we are still in a very healthy situation. Uh, moratorium, uh, as you are aware, the RBA had announced it in March, late March. Uh, the uh, moratorium that was available to lending institutions like us, NBSP, was slowly, gradually was getting passed on by banks to us. Not all the banks were uh, passing it on, but since the RBA governor intervened, the moratorium was available. And the first moratorium, we had around 20% moratorium. We did not avail intentionally because we had good amount of liquidity. Only uh, lenders which 
came forward and said that okay, we'll be willing to do. We we took that moratorium. Otherwise, our liquidity situation remains very very comfortable. We are still sitting on 950 crores of cash. Uh, we have done a little bit of dis- uh, disbursement, but again, the disbursement levels for the industry and for us also are not uh, kind of a usual level. So these are very mild, around 30 or crores of disbursement that we have done over the period of last thing. Uh, uh, May still up till now in June. So we would be gradually increasing this disbursement. In a month we used to do around 500 or so disbursement, but this is only 10% of the level that we are operating at. Uh, in the month coming, like I think in July, we will see a lot more disbursement time. Uh, and so from a bond perspective, are you able to get fresh funding from banks or other uh, institutions and last a uh, couple of months for going forward? Uh, how are you seeing uh, the ability of borrowing for you? I think uh, one has taken a couple of good initiatives in terms of uh, TLTRO facility uh, dedicated to NDFCs and NDFC MFIs and also special liquidity facility with uh, 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 NABARD and Shruti. Uh, we are in active conversation on all of those. Uh, typically, if you look at even the earlier years, the uh, first quarter is usually slow in terms of disbursement. The disbursements from bank only comes after the audited financials are available. So, uh, till now, since we were in a very comfortable liquidity situation, uh, we have not borrowed, but we have active sanctions from uh, multiple banks on TLTRO also, and we have funding uh, approvals from NABARD and Fiji also. We would be availing those uh, lines in the coming months. Uh, generally, the trend has been slightly slow. Uh, in terms of disbursements uh, from banks, but I think it's getting there now for the industry. People are getting the TLTR money and they are also getting the uh, part. I think the biggest, I think, uh, uh, announcement was the partial guarantee scheme. Under the previous, uh, banks are quite active and willingly uh, are willing to give funds to NBFC NFI. So I think a lot of traction we will see there. We have a couple of very active conversations which are uh, soon to be converted. So, uh, to answer your question, we have deliberately not borrowed because we were carrying a lot of the balance sheet during this period. But in the month, uh, probably in June, we will see our first kind of borrow and uh, getting dispersed, and then subsequently we will start disbursements as well. And uh, just last bit from my side before we open the QA. Uh, what are the changes you have made in the operating model to address such uh, challenges associated with COVID-19 uh, in terms of your collection process or disbursement, what are the changes uh, you have made? Uh, and in terms of underwriting or incremental disbursement, uh, have you made any changes in terms of eligibility of borrowers or, or uh, any insight on that aspect? So I think that's a very important question and a very interesting question because I think the normal has changed and if you look at the industry, after every crisis, the industry has evolved. After demonetization, like most of the people went into disbursing loans in in a kind of direct bank credit kind of a facility that everybody was able to disburse loan into the bank account of the customer. Before that, uh, the industry's penetration of disbursement into the bank account was hardly 20%. Uh, but now, it's almost 92% of the disbursement happens directly into the customer's bank account. I think uh, the overall infrastructure has already been created in terms of Janda uh, Radar and mobile, the jam Trinity. And we are uh, using that uh, in Masood Microfin, 100% of our disbursement is directly into the bank account. I think what this crisis has done because since we are practicing social distancing and uh, we have innovated and during the period when there was uh, no kind of uh, uh, action in the field was allowed, there was a complete lockdown, we have used a lot of time in developing uh, technology and developing solutions where we are able to collect directly from the customers without venturing into the field. So the customer is able to use a UPI uh, kind of facility to transfer funds. Uh, we have also kind of facilitated customer to for online payments and they have also used the facility to uh, repay through uh, the banks directly going to the bank and depositing because banks were operational. In the coming months, uh, we have uh, also looked at an option of doing an ASH with the e with the customer where direct debit 
can be done from the bank account. So I think the operating model uh, in microfinance would change in the coming years. I assume collections would uh, definitely change. There will be more of digital collection, customer transacting through app. We have also developed an app for our customers and customers are downloading that app. That app has the possibility of taking the uh, loan statement, uh, remitting the money directly into the loan account, all of those facilities. So there is a lot of innovation that is happening. Uh, people have realized that these are the situations uh, which can happen and uh, I think it is important to uh, maintain social distance and at the same time stay connected with the customers and get uh, the sense of collection. Uh, if you see across the industry, even uh, uh, during the moratorium, people who were operating typically the retail lending space, just as having some sort of a NAS or E-NAS, they were able to collect 40 50 percent even during the lockdown because there was a direct debit into the customer's account. Uh, in the same direction, microfinance industry is also moving and obviously willingly customers who are willing to collect, we can easily collect through auto debit from the bank account. So, I think that is one of the biggest innovations that will happen in the coming days. I think uh, automation of collection and uh, eliminating the uh, field collection. Uh, but at the same time, uh, the model is such that you have to have a very, very good oversight over the customer. So there has to be a sense of touch uh, and feel and the connectivity of the customer to bridge that gap because the collection will be automated. We have developed apps. We have developed a technology where we are geotagging our centers, so we know that where the center is, uh, when, when, the bo- uh, when the borrower is coming, where she is making the payment from, everything would be tracked. So that way I think there is a lot of innovation which is happening in the field. Uh, we have uh, kind of done a lot of uh, new things in our own software, we have done geotagging of our Customer geotagging of our center, we have done geotagging of our field officer, geofencing of our operating area. Uh, we are looking at uh, UPI, we are tied up with MPCI for the payments. So, on all the platform, a uh, payment option for Mutu's microphone is available for the customer to pay be with a credit card or a debit card or any other banking facility or net banking. So, uh, I think that innovation has taken place. I think industry will move forward. Just like uh, the demonetization, there was a change in kind of the person pattern. I think uh, in coming days, you will definitely see a change in the collection pattern. I'm not too sure when the 100% of the collection will go into a digital mode, but definitely you will see an incremental number going forward uh, in a digital mode. Maybe in a very short span of time, we will reach around 50% of our collection. So, as we have seen, uh, like financial inclusion is the thing that has been talked about. It took us 50 years to reach around 50, 45% of the banking penetration. But in the last 5 or 6 years, uh, we have covered another 45 to 50%. So almost the banking penetration is 95%. So uh, this has been achieved because of that young kind of initiative that the central government has taken. I think uh, similarly, the digital payments. Uh, is getting kind of quite popular. Uh, the mobile penetration and the penetration of uh, connectivity uh, because of geo, the data is very cheap. People are able to kind of uh, transact. It's a matter of creating awareness. This is what we are doing. We are educating the client how to use the app, how to understand the app. And I think in the coming days, uh, more transactions will happen digitally. So, uh, just wanted to check, uh, you know, this uh, effect of uh, interest compounding, uh, you know, generally, uh, how much does it add to, a, to the regular EMI on a weekly or a monthly uh, payment schedule? Yeah, so I think uh, uh, good question to ask. In terms of the uh, interest uh, that is becoming due for moratorium period, uh, people are using different methodologies. So, Mostly, uh, the MFIs are not capitalizing this interest. Uh, what uh, they are doing is extending the tenor. So the effective installment remains the same. So the customer who was paying a 1500 or a 1200 installment in a month, she continues to pay 1500, 1200 installment. But uh, the tenor increases over home, which was ending around 24 months, will now end in 30 months. That is what is happening for the principal period. For interest, 
एडिशनल इंटरेस्ट डिपेंडिंग ऑन व्हाट काइंड ऑफ लेंडिंग इफ यू टेकन फ्रॉम अ लार्ज इंस्टीट्यूशन टिपिकली द लेंडिंग रेट इज अराउंड 20 टू 21 परसेंट सो इट विल एड टू अनदर टू और थ्री इंस्टॉलमेंट डिपेंडिंग अपॉन व्हाट इज योर स्टैंडिंग ऑफ द कस्टमर सो इफेक्टिवली द इंस्टॉलमेंट दैट विल इंक्रीज विल बी ऑनलाइन इंस्टॉलमेंट Thank you, sir. And uh, sir, if you could give us a little more clarity on, you know, what exactly does it mean when you say geo tagging uh, a customer or an MFI center? Yeah. So what we are doing is the app, uh, basically, which we are downloading at the customer's end. Uh, that app will have a geo mapping in our uh, software. Uh, the customer is typically using a, a kind of a smartphone, either at at herself or her uh, husband or her daughter or son whoever at least one smartphone is available today at the rural household in that smartphone we will uh, download the app and that app will have the location of uh, where the mobile phone is so we know where the customer is also uh, in our system we are tracking where the center meeting is uh, done so the customer house where the center meeting is done we uh, geo map that uh, location So we know that where the center meeting is and where the customer lives, and uh, we know when the collection is happening, whether it's a doorstep collection or whether it's a collection at the center meeting because the transaction that happens, we know at which location the transaction is happening. Also, we have certain parameters as in within the uh, uh, one kilometer radius, the customer's house should be in the center meeting, so we can. Hence, uh, that also that the customers are not coming from far distance. Also, for the branch area, we give a 30 kilometer area for a branch to operate. So we don't want that any customer which is far flung to come to the branch. So all of that can be achieved by this. Also, we can track where the field officer is moving within uh, that area of operation or he's crossing that area. So I think that is what we are trying to do with you. So I was actually checking if you could uh, tell the total outstanding for borrower. If you done, did a bureau scrub and checked whether uh, what is what what each of the borrower would have borrowed from the peer also, and that will give you a sense of the leverage of the borrower. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so average borrowing across our customers is around forty-seven thousand rupees. Uh, okay, including all the other peer borrowers. Yeah, including. And I'm talking about outstanding. I'm not talking yes. about uh, what is the principal loan then. Understood. Sir. Thank you. And so, from a vintage perspective, uh, 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 what would be the post cycle and above vintage customers that you would have? And is there a material divergence in terms of behavior of these post cycle and above customers and below post cycle and above customers? Yeah, almost around forty uh, percent of our customer would be post cycle and above. Uh, I, I think uh, the material difference is more uh, between the first time borrower and the second time borrower, irrespective of whether in the second cycle or the third cycle or the fourth cycle. Uh, first time borrower generally has a higher delinquency or early delinquency, I would say. Uh, the borrower who has been in uh, the Kind of in microfinance system, and she has borrowed again. Generally, the delinquency is slightly lesser as compared to the difference is not very uh, big, but still the difference between the two would be uh, slightly more in terms of less borrowing people. Pakistan. I and I have another question on the operational cost bit. Um, so, if we think through the Uh, evolution for the next, let's say, one year, and then on a three-year basis. For the next one year, probably you might, you will probably have to invest a little bit more on your recovery efforts and add a bit more to your uh, loan officers. But on a two to three-year basis, once you are digitizing even the collection side of the thing, would you say operational efficiencies and cost to assets for the business will actually further reduce? Yes, absolutely. Uh, I think uh, uh, two sides of the cost we would have to look at. So uh, as we have seen, uh, the microfinance system has evolved in last decade quite a bit. So before Andhra crisis, uh, the operating costs were in the range of 14 to 15 percent, and this is with the large book and people who were operating. But then lending rates were also in the range of 36 to 40 percent. Uh, after the Margan Committee recommendation, uh, I think there was a cap on the rate, and then uh, most of the uh, organizations have reduced the 
cost uh, right now uh, the good more efficient organization done between uh, five and a half to six and a half times of the cost of operation and uh, largely by and large the industry is at around seven to eight percent cost of operation uh, and this I think if we digitize because bulk of our cost is manpower cost and bulk of our cost is uh, like time spent in the field in terms of collecting and also the travel cost and stuff. So if that is reduced by digitization, I think there is definitely a scope of 100-150 bits reduction. But then again, you would have to understand how this cost was reduced. Uh, so mm -hmm. earlier, largely the NFI industry was operating in a weekly model. And we use a more intensive model. You have to go four times in a month to collect, and hence there is more uh, travel cost plus the load that a uh, field officer can have, uh, can handle would be around uh, 500 to uh, 700 kind of a client. On an average at that time, it was around 400 client. Everybody was every uh, field officer was handling. So the cost was more. The people moved to a monthly mode, and monthly made. Uh, sure that uh, larger uh, case load could be handled by the same client and there was a one-time travel to a center meeting and the collection was made. But that what happened was that it, though the cost of uh, collection reduced, but uh, the bounce rate definitely increased. So uh, that credit cost went up marginally, but operating cost came down. Similarly, I think on the digital side, uh, I don't see that credit cost will increase significantly, but I, I do feel that from uh, operating cost will come down. But if larger portion becomes monthly, a slight increase in the credit cost might be there. Hmm. Uh, Mr. Say, thank you so much for your views. Uh, uh, I had a question on disbursement uh, unit. Touch uh, upon the uh, uh, the perspective on disbursement in your opening remarks, but if you can also general. Uh, uh, deeper into this and if you can help us understand um, uh, how our disbursement right now across Pan India, across uh, various class of uh, players in the industry right now, be it let's say some of the large banks uh, or or some of the large uh, top 10 MFI companies or the small finance banks, if you can give us some more color on um, uh, the disbursement uh, tracking right now the last uh, fortnight or so. Um, and what we believe is uh, uh, the the recovery in disbursements so the uh, recovery in the collections uh, also, and that actually helps uh, uh, this industry a lot. Uh, and that's the reason with which I I pose this question to you. Yes, thank you very much. Thank you for your question. I think largely, if you see on the disbursement side, uh, obviously. Uh, during April, it was a complete lockdown, so neither the staff was available, neither anybody was able to kind of venture into the field. So in April was the, a complete washout. But in May, people have started this person. Um, entire industry right now is focusing on emergency loans, which is more of a facility, a credit facility for a borrower to overcome the current uh, liquidity situation. So. Uh, the range of these loans are between 10,000 to 30,000 kind of a loan. Uh, largely, bulk would be 10,000 rupee loan, uh, 10 to 15,000 rupee loan. So, everybody is focusing right now is uh, looking at uh, uh, kind of uh, dispersing emergency loan. And the focus is on the existing customer. So, there is no new customer origination that is happening right now. Everybody is focusing. Uh, uh, what I know of SSDs, I think only uh, one of the SSDs based out of Bangalore has started uh, large-scale disbursement in terms of 60,000 rupees and further. But again, the scale is not the same as it was prior to COVID situation. Uh, uh, there are uh, other SSDs which are offering overdraft facility to the borrower so that she can ease out her liquidity situation and she can take around the 5,000 rupees of overdraft with her installment or use that money for any emergency purposes. But the volume, if you say, the volume is not at the level which it used to be. I would say collectively uh, the disbursement uh, would be uh, around 20% of the earlier volume that was there. Uh, in in the industry, but uh, I think slowly, gradually, this is increasing. I think uh, the month of uh, July would see a lot of disbursement. We ourselves have disbursed around 30 crores of loans. Uh, we have also innovated. Uh, we have created a hybrid product where a gold is fleshed for along with this uh, loan. So those things are getting innovation. Our people are doing. 
बट आई थिंक जुलाई विल सी अ लॉट मोर डिस्पर्समेंट एज कम्पेयर टू वॉट वी एस सीन अर्ली इंडस्ट्री टिपिकली डिस्पर्स अराउंड इफ यू लुक एट इन अ मंथ टेन थाउजेंड क्रो काइंड ऑफ डिस्पर्समेंट people were reluctant to do disbursement because collections were also lesser now uh, collections have started coming in we have already reached around 50% of collections so that money is available for the people to pay their operating expenses and to pay the installments sometimes uh, as in when the collection improves i think more liquidity will improve uh, what people are mostly waiting is the fresh sanctions from bank uh the fed sanctions have started coming in tltro disbursements have started coming in uh, i think uh, uh, july would see a good momentum in terms of disbursement and definitely august will see a much much more uh, disbursement i see that august we would be around 60 to 70% of our disbursements and uh, in uh, september we should be close to 80% of our disbursement both that i think how the moratorium the payment over that moratorium and uh, happens to based on that uh, we will uh, move towards 100% of our disbursement level but i think q3 uh, and q4 uh, q4 would be a complete normal kind of a period that where i see that this uh, disbursement level would be the same as uh, before understood sir So I have a small clarification to uh, request uh, the collection efficiency portion that you uh, mentioned. Uh, what would be the denominator that that is? Uh, those are used only for that month, or uh, is it? Uh, the yeah, for that month. For that month. Oh. For that month. So, so our uh, monthly uh, collection is around three seventy five crores. So uh, we have already reached around hundred and eighty crores. Certain period is uh, certain amount is that to become due for the balance sheet. And why not view uh, collection efficiency from a cumulative basis on all the total overdues uh, uh, versus what's been collected? Uh, is is uh, because uh, those are collected by a separate set of team uh, focusing on overdue amounts, and that's why uh, uh, you know look at the current amount. uh not necessarily uh, because the moratorium has been differently uh, availed by the borrowers so the moratorium again was given in two tranches first moratorium was from 1st of march till uh, end of uh, uh, may uh, so uh, the moratorium when it was announced it was uh, mid end of march to be honest so almost 80% of the collection for the month of march was already done uh and people had availed moratorium then for subsequent two months in uh, some of those people have come back and repaid installments for those months as well some of them have availed so uh, why you can't say that as per the total amount due because people have availed moratorium for different time frames uh, so it will be unfair to kind of say accumulatively what is the collection uh, due what is collection which is actually happening So this 40 to 50 percent is basically for the uh, collections which are uh, on the non-moratorium book. Uh, you collected about 40 to 50 percent, right? No, so we are we are. I'm talking about the 100 percent of the book. So our total book amount due is around 375 crores in a month, irrespective of moratorium or not. Uh, we have collected around uh, 50 percent of that uh, the amount due already, and hopefully in the balance period we will be able to collect more. So one last question for my end, if I may. So you mentioned a lot of liquidity challenges for smaller players in this industry right now. Uh, is there a case of consolidation, and uh, will will players like Mukut, uh, uh, who are looking to uh, you know grow and expand themselves, uh, uh, acquire some of the smaller uh, you know entities, uh, increase capability, or do you think uh, uh, growth uh, opportunities in an organic environment is so large that you would not worry about? Organic uh, acquisition or is there a case for that? Thank you. Uh, 
see, definitely there is a case for uh, kind of a merger and acquisition. Uh, but again, uh, this uh, uh, how the moratorium and post-moratorium world kind of comes out is something to be seen. So right now, I think everybody is looking at a delinquency position from a 29th perspective. Only when uh, this moratorium will end, you will know the real picture, what is the delinquency, and then you will see the collection efforts and what is it coming. So I think uh, acquiring a company right now would be a premature, but definitely in the long run, uh, you would see some uh, mergers, some acquisitions happening uh, definitely. As far as Matut is concerned, I think we have a fairly large book, uh, and we definitely can grow organically. Uh, uh, see, I don't rule out any opportunity. Uh, there could be an opportunity, but uh, I think it will take some time for us to evaluate in terms of how the post-moratorium book is behaving. And based on that, I think the call would be taken. Right now, uh, we are not looking at acquisition at the moment, but uh, if there is something which comes in, then we would be happy to evaluate. So, when you mentioned that the total outstanding was about uh, 45 or 47,000 rupees, uh, would the disbursement number uh, across the customer base be as high as uh, 80 to 90,000, which is the uh, max limit for three lenders? Is that how you would look at it? So, then, uh, the wide limit is 125,000, uh, but yeah. average, if you look at disbursement, I think per lender, uh, average ticket size, if you look at an industry, is around 33,000. And if you assume that uh, 80% of the borrowers or 70% of the borrowers are having uh, two loans, then also the total uh, kind of disbursement that has been made on an average would be around 66,000. So I, that's what we have seen around 70,000 to 75,000 is what the total loan that people have availed. And then eventually uh, on an average they are around 47,000, 50,000 kind of an outstanding at the moment. Understood, sir. That's very helpful. Um, and also, uh, sir, if you if you look into your own customer base and uh, look at the bell curve of the out uh, disbursed amount, will there be borrowers to whom you would disburse uh, eighty, ninety thousand rupees? Also, people who been with you for a slightly longer period. Uh, so uh, we have actually camped our own internal kind of lending at 80,000. Only around uh, 700 odd customers have those loans of 80,000. Uh, bulk of our customers we cap it at 60. We don't go beyond 60. Only the customers which are uh, credit tested we will go at 80,000 kind of a loan. We have other products. We have made products which are uh, available for uh, higher loans. Uh, so, there is a product called Matu Small and Growing Businesses, where we see the customer is capable of paying higher installment. Might not be true for the whole group, but that individual customer has the uh, higher cash flow. So, we give them those loans from uh, starting from 75,000 to uh, 3 lakh We give them. So, we have uh, 60,000 such customers. And and then this 60,000 uh, disbursement number typically uh, is around the third or fourth cycle or does that come even before that? The third cycle is the minimum qualification criteria. The customer should have served at least two cycles with us. Uh, even she is eligible for third cycle, she can either opt for taking a group loan or she can take an individual loan and she can take the tenancy loan. Okay, and then just last last one from my end in terms of accounting. Given that Q1 is still under the umbrella of moratorium and Q2 uh, just for the last month is where uh, uh, you will have a social order that is moratorium, purely uh, from a credit cost evaluation perspective, how would you, uh, how, how are you internally planning for it? That's a very interesting question to have at the moment. Uh, like it will be difficult to predict the cost, but if you have seen the trajectory of previous kind of events, so be it an Andhra event, be it a demonetization event, or be it a flood in Kerala or cyclone at other places, you have seen the uh, credit cost in the short run uh, increases quite a bit, but in the overall kind of terms, uh, the credit cost remains around 2.5 to 3%. 
uh, what we have seen uh, even crystal kind of uh, has come out with the estimates they are uh, their estimates the cost uh, of collection would be one and a half percent for the year uh, ending year 2020 and then they expect that the microfinance could have 200 bits of additional cost in excess of 200 bits so that will go into the range of three and a half percent uh, we have created adequate provisions, uh, so our provision coverage is around 90%, uh, and uh, we would definitely create additional, we have created a 60 crores of provision only for COVID. Uh, so, uh, I think uh, what my estimate is, there could be a short-term rise in the cost, but on an average for last, uh, next two, three years, the cost would be around two to two and a half percent. Uh, thanks a lot. Uh, thanks everyone for joining our call. Uh, just before closing, sir, I have just one query. Uh, when we are talking about technology, uh, do you think uh, it will do away with the requirement of center meetings and we may not require any uh, any uh, any loan officer or the requirement of loan officer will be uh, reduced drastically? Uh, or we will still have to go and meet customer on a regular basis, though collection will move to digital? Uh, yeah, I think uh, good question to ask, Desh. Uh, if you look at globally, I think most microfinance, uh, apart from India, has evolved more into an individual lending. So, it starts with a JLG, SHG model and eventually it gets into an individual lending model. Uh, there has been a demand and there has been a perception of most of the industry that when will India move towards that individual lending. And uh, people have been like a little bit uh, reluctant to move, but I think this will be a major push towards that. Uh, uh, there would be more of an individual lending and individual connect from the borrower. That also reduces the political risk because you are dealing uh, with customer level kind of one-on-one interaction and one-on-one dealing rather than a group or a large kind of a village where you are dealing with the customer. So, I think that will take away a little bit of a risk. On the uh, collection practice in terms of central meeting, yes, uh, as such the customer uh, prefers to come less, less frequent to the central meeting. You have seen people moving from weekly to monthly and the customer has been driving this. They prefer to come once, once in a month for a central meeting rather than uh, coming for uh, four times in a month. Uh, so even though there are larger players who still operate in weekly model. Uh, but I think uh, this is slowly kind of dilute in a sense that people will pay through digital platform and you can stay connected with the customer digitally. The collection effort of the field officer will now be focused on people who are not able to pay through a digital platform where there is a e-match or a busy-match bounce and then there has to be a follow-up. So it's not be like 100% of the client to remain in touch. I think we will still conduct some sort of a system meeting or some sort of a uh, kind of a activity where we are able to uh, get the touch and feel of the business. But I think in the long run, you will see that fade away. Thank you, Dr. Thanks a lot uh, for your time. Uh, and yeah, uh, welcome. Thank you. It was my pleasure and uh, thank you for very interesting questions.